Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the EB2 NIW podcast, where we bring amazing individuals who have successfully navigated the EB2 NIW process to kind of give us some encouragement, because I know a lot of people need encouragement. This is a long process, right? And so I'm so excited today because today we're going to meet an amazing chemical engineer, Rosmer, and he's going to tell us about his journey. You guys, it's a long journey, but it's going to be worth it. Um, so welcome to the EB2 NIW podcast. All right. All right. First of all, thank you. I had to say all right. thank you. And thank you 100 <laughs> times if I can. <laughs> you probably thanked me like, a thousand times already like you're one of the clients that i have that has been like every time i get on my phone i see another thank you and i'm just like you know what you are the one who i should thank because you had an amazing profile you know what i mean and we just did our best to bring that out and to showcase that and so i'm excited to to talk to you about the process but give us a little bit of a background I think for you okay. you're, you're actually the first non-african uh, uh, approved client that we're bringing on, non-Nigerian. You know, every time I bring a Nigerian, people are like, oh, it's only Nigerians that she helps. So I'm excited today because you are also a trailblazer because you're the first non-African on our podcast and we celebrate you, okay? But tell us a little uh, bit about you. Um, how did you come to the U.S.? And um, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, well, uh, my name is Rosmar. Um, I am from Venezuela. Okay. I am a chemical engineer. I have been working in my area uh, till I think uh, since uh, 2009, uh, yeah. And I have been working in this area. Uh, I love my career. Mm -hmm. I born in Venezuela and I came to U.S. like uh, with the decision to try to make a change of my family. Um, we decided that in around 2020 was really hard for us because we were living in a difficult situation. Our countries were with our political issues, but yeah. we came here to take a vacation and we said we cannot go back. We have to right. decide to find an opportunity here. Okay. And uh, also, we I applied I applied at the beginning because I know my case was very complicated. Uh, even though I am not Nigerian, as you mentioned. I am a person with a complicated because I, I entered like a, in a tourist visa yeah. and I applied to asylum process. I, I, I got in the, that process as, as well. And in that part, we we find this this kind of visa, the EV2, and yeah. you can be an opportunity for us. Okay. And, and, and we are pretty uh, happy, first of all, to find you in the in the in the <laughs> social media my yeah. wife she find you try to look in you know um a, a person to try to can help us because the lawyers are so expensive these days and mm -hmm. and you evaluate our profile you were so kind you all the time you share without no hesitation and your knowledge about it and that mm -hmm. was something that we liked, and we decided to move forward with taking all your advice. So mm -hmm. since the beginning, I'm going to say I recommend you 100%. Yes. You're going to understand the, the profile of the person, and that is something that it is important, you know, understand where the people uh, be, basically. Mm -hmm. 
So that's exciting. So you have 15 years of experience, around 15 years of experience in chemical engineering. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you came to the US on a B2 visa. And because of the unrest in Venezuela, you decided to stay back and apply for asylum. So um, give us an idea. Um, at what stage were you in that asylum process when you applied for EB2? How far had you gone in that process? At that moment, I was referring to the court. Okay. Uh, when I decided to apply to the visa, uh, the decision was made to, to refer our case to the court. Mm -hmm. um, we only have one audience. In that audience, thanks to God, I got my approval, the I-140, and, I, and, I, and I, I could close the, the case at that moment okay. with that approval. So it was something that was very, 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 very uh, great for us because mm -hmm. we were so worried about it to try to face in that, that process. Right. Um, and, and we, we trust in, in, in the NL, in EB2 and LWU process, but we were worried because uh, go to the court is something that I don't recommend yeah. to anyone to, to face. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is the process of closing that asylum case? Like, what did you have to do to close the case? Oh, well, in my case, I take the advantage that they asked me for a, an appointment for the first audience. Okay. So you're going to go to have the, uh, like, they're going to read the, all the, like, all the, the things that they have against you. Mm -hmm. uh, why you are staying in the U.S., what is the reason why, and is you yeah. a sex or not. And they are going to ask you if you want to, uh, if you have a lawyer, or if you want to move forward with the process, or if you want to close. They are asking for, for, for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a blessing. I, at that moment, I got the approval for the I-140. So I could close the case. I could stay yeah. there to the, to the judge. Yeah. Uh, Your Honor, I, we, uh, I appreciate it. We, we want to close the case. We got this approval and, yeah. and they accepted. Okay, very good. Because I have a couple of clients, quite a few, who are also qualified for EB2, but they also have applied for asylum. So sometimes people say, oh, well, if you get approved for EB2 and you're on asylum, then you have to go outside the U.S., to complete the process. So you're not gonna be able to adjust your status, you know? But you're saying that for you, that wasn't the case. You were still able to adjust your status. Yeah, I think that those cases mm -hmm. are related to the people who, because I applied to my asylum process on the, when my I-94 was valid. Oh, so okay, people, so you are not out of status yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I applied to my asylum process. Like, uh, my I-94 was for six months, okay. and I applied in, in my third month of, of mm -hmm. staying okay. here. So, okay. in that case, we never were into uh, illegal... Illegal status. So, yeah. yeah, illegal status. We were legal, and that also helps. Sometimes the people that apply to asylum, mm -hmm. they make that decision, like, uh, in the month 11, month 10, mm -hmm. that they are yeah. out of, out of the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So now let's get to the EB2 NIW process itself, right? So we know for EB2 NIW, first you need an advanced degree. Your advanced degree was what? Bachelor's in chemical engineering? Yes, that's right. Did you also have a master's degree or was just the bachelor's degree? 
No, I also have the bachelor, but I have a lot of Spain names as well in my, my profile because mm -hmm. I, I, my career uh, have been passed through those these years with training. Mm -hmm. I train a lot every single year, so yeah. I recorded all those training, like a fixed training or something like that. Right. Uh, a lot of hours, so I think, uh, and also with the years, more than 15, almost 15 years, yeah, it's a lot of experience that made the, the qualification to apply to this professional high school visa. Yeah, and I think that's important because people need to know you can apply with bachelor's degree, but if you're going to use bachelor's, you need to have years of work experience. So Rosemary here had 15 years of work, but they don't need 15 years, at least five and above. But it's important to know that he had a lot of years of work experience plus certification. So, so that's how he was able to navigate that one. Then the next step is what did you actually propose to do? You know, so for EB2, you need to tell them what are you going to do in the US with your degree? What was it that you chose to propose for your EB2? Well, I think uh, my profile was focusing specifically two areas. The main area that was offering and sharing my knowledge to US, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, I Thanks to God, I have the opportunity to work in uh, in big companies. Uh, yeah. I work in, in, in a Fortune 500 companies here in US, and that it is something that you know can you can consider like a, a something good for your high profile skill. Skill. So um, I think uh, the the main thing was sharing my knowledge, and the second part was offering that sharing like a in the future open a training center yeah. to certify people uh, similar with my, my background or younger engineers. So I propose something that is going to help the U.S. to go up in this area, offering right. my expertise like uh, the main, the main, um, the main center to improve, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you had written your petition. So it's important to note that at this point, you know, you you came to us with your petition already written, but you wanted us to use our review services to look at your petition and see, okay, is this something that, are there any, you know, adjustments that need to be made and things like that? And just reading your petition, how you're going to use your expertise to benefit the oil and gas sector in the U.S., you know, with processes and optimizing processes and things like that. I felt that that was a really compelling application because that's an area that is really needed in the U.S. So for those who are wondering, apart from your degree, apart from your years of experience, apart from your certifications, what else did you have that you think made them, you know, give you an approval? Did you have letters of recommendation? How many letters and from what kind of um, recommenders were you able to get the letters? Well, I think uh, the, the the letters are a good support on my on, in my profile. I mean, I think uh, I have a, a couple of keys that um, potentially help to my profile. For example, I got like a video offers, uh, offer letters from different good companies, engineering and consulting companies here in the US. Uh, the position that I have right now, I'm working as a lead chemical engineer. I'm not working just as a normal chemical engineer. I am in a superior uh, yeah. job position. 
And I think I also, I used to meet proof of all the improvement that I did. Uh, with the proof, I, I, I include in letter of, of recommendation from companies and also uh, emails and some documentals that I, documents that I, technical documents that I, I said uh, where I improved something. I mean, I, I made some change in the, in the processes. I optimized these processes. I was the vendor profit to the company. Right. And I submit that. Mm-hmm. But talking about specifically of my uh, recommendation letters, yeah. I got like a, almost like a 10 or something like that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I put a lot because I am a person who want to be sure <laughs> that I am doing <laughs> I am doing right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I try to also um, put people who was very experienced than me, right. uh, good professionals. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I recall one person that I met in a webinar. Uh, yeah. I, I was very active in my career. So okay. I went during the COVID situation, I participated in some webinar with a different uh, person. And I tried to be active, participating, doing questions, try to answer, uh, advising something. And one person from a company, they realize and they keep in, they realize about my, my knowledge and they keep in touch with me. And he say, oh, you have a good experience in this area. Of, right. of refinery so i think uh, uh you you can be a good person here in u.s and when was the moment i said oh that person say that maybe i can ask that person for, for a recommendation letter i didn't know that he was a, a phd with uh, the, the different uh articles and also patterns so it was something that yeah. was, was surprised to me and, and helped to my profile I mean, Try to be active in your in your career. Is somebody can be uh, useful, you know, to to yeah. get that recommendation letter from different people. Yeah, that, you know that's amazing because a lot of times when people come to me, they want to apply like right now, but some of them don't have the, the good profile for it. Oh. You know what I mean? But you have been consistent. You didn't know that you're gonna do EB two like two years into your career or five or ten years, right? But you've been consistent the whole time. So when it came time to apply for EB2, it was kind of easy because you've laid the foundation for it, right? But for people who haven't done that, this and are listening to this podcast, I think be active is something that you said that I feel like resonates with me because just keep doing your best. And so when you need those recommendations, those people who you've met along the way will be easy to get a yes from them. Because sometimes people say, oh, I need independent recommender, but I don't know anybody, right? But you were able to reach out to someone who you met, you know, during the COVID period when you were giving all this input in your area at a webinar. And I think that's that's very impactful. That's very impactful. How about uh, membership in professional societies? Were you a member of any professional societies? And if so, which ones? Yeah, that, that, that is a, a requirement for a part of the visa. Uh, I am a member of the, the Engineering Institute of, uh, in Venezuela. Okay. But also, I am a member of the IKE, that is the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, and I am a member also of the Institute of Chemical Engineers in UK. Okay. So I have, and, and, and I am senior member in both uh, institutes. So 
I got that certification. I also participate participate a few times in different forums, and 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 I think also it is important, you know, because when you got those uh, certification, you you can they can easily tracking you your profile that yeah. you are a person that you already exist that you are working in the field, and mm-hmm. that you are trying to improve something or at least uh, you are active. And I think that is important. Okay. All right. So now you're in the U.S., you found out about EB2. How did you know how to write the petition? Because when you brought the work to me, um, you'd already written a lot, right? And so I had the impression mm-hmm. that this guy knows about EB2. Maybe he just needs a second opinion about what he's written, right? But how did you know about how to write it, like the layout and things like that? How did you figure that out? Well, that was something interesting because... Uh, in my case, I I trust first of all I trust to a paralegal, mm. and I, I I pay some money to the paralegal. Yeah. But the paralegal she did uh, she did that person did nothing basically it was just um, basically uh, the the profile wasn't good. I mean, when you read something, you can read that I am industrial engineer, a chemical engineer. It was not adjusted to my profile. Yeah. It was very organized. So I just start like uh, uh, training myself, and I started looking for in the internet. And Catherine, my wife, she realized about your your webpage. Okay. And I saw your your, your service, and mm-hmm. you also have books. You have uh, some material. And yeah, I pay for it, and I oh, start reading. Okay. Oh, that is how how you should do a recommendation letter. That is how you should do uh, a petition. So mm-hmm. I try to figure it out and try to put something, mm-hmm. and and also I try to find you know in internet some yeah. information, mm-hmm. and I put that in that file. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we weren't sure because. For us, it's like, uh, you know, when you you are in an asylum process and you are facing different things, you said, oh, I cannot waste that much of the money. You exactly. Need to, you need to do right investments. So uh, we met you and we decided, oh, uh, I want to trust in her. I'm going to send to her. I want to invest in her service because I think that she knows what what is uh, what we should do, and mm-hmm. I think uh, after I said at the beginning, yeah, so thank you because uh, <laughs> you share, you understand, yeah. you care about us, you are always asked about hey how it go, how how is your process, and that is something that we are grateful, and and and, and basically what the key for me was the key of the success, your mm-hmm. revision about the petition. Yeah, was 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 a key to have this success with the with the with the application. That's very good. Thank you. Um, but that you've raised an important point because there are people out there who cannot really afford like the services of like a lawyer to review stuff, or they can't even afford the service of anybody to review stuff. So I would suggest that even when you get the toolkits and you get things and you write something it's important to have somebody else read it, right? If you, if, for example, I tell people like, if you write something, give it to someone who is not in your field, like maybe somebody who is an English major or someone who is in 
public health, just a different field, let that person read it. If that person understands at least what you're trying to talk about, that the U.S. has a problem, that you can, you're qualified to try to help to solve that problem, and that even though they have enough people who are in that field, they still need you, if the, the person is able to understand it, then most likely USDS will understand it. So it's very important to have a second pair of eyes just go through your petition and give you feedback that will be helpful for you, right? So I, that's something I always tell people to invest in a little bit of help when it comes to even either writing in the entire petition or reviewing the petition. It goes a long way. Okay, so now let's talk about the timeline for this. You've talked about the fact that you mentioned your wife. So it looks like you had some dependence on your application. So who were the dependents yeah. you had on your application? And at what stage were you able to add them? I mean, uh, there is three of us. Okay. Uh, it's my wife and my daughter and I. Okay. Um, and I added to in the, in the adjustment of status, but even though in the first application, I put uh, their information about basically um, some basic information, like a certificate of marriage, marriage certificate, the uh, um, um, born certificate, um, Passport, passport information, basically. Mm -hmm. But right. I added, I added them uh, or her, well, my wife and my daughter into the adjustment of the status purpose. Okay. All right. So let's talk about timeline. After you turn in your application, when did you turn in your application? I mean, we have a little bit of um, that process here, right? When you turned in your application. <laughs> Oh my God, they showed me how to do this. I did it exactly what he said, and it's not working. <laughs> All right, I made it. Okay, so I don't know if people can see it, but it looks like you turned in your application. Does it say when you did? Uh, well, that, that is only only for the adjustment. adjustment. So, but when did you turn in your application initially, the I-140 application? The I-140, I submitted Okay. In August 20, 22. Okay. August, oh, August wow. 20, 22. Mm -hmm. And I received the approval in January 23, exactly five months after the application, after I submitted okay. the application. And All I think right. for me it was a record. For me, mm -hmm. it was a record. For me, for me it was a record because yeah. At, at, at that moment, uh, when able the the premium processes or something like that, and the people uh, normally wait like a one year or eight months or get a approval or, or a decision, you know, that you have to do something else or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was fast. I think we talked to you like uh, probably in July. I think okay. it was in July twenty twenty two. Uh, and, I, and I applied in August because we were moving from Houston to Chicago. Right. And we moved and we, we finalized to get all your advices because also we organized the profile, as you mentioned. Um, we put a lot of details, as you mentioned, to try to make easier the file to the, to the immigration agent. Yeah. Uh, officer or officer. And we submitted and we got that approval in January. And we applied to the adjustment as a status in February 23. Okay. After exactly. The photo. Yeah. After the photo. And yeah. 
since February 23 till January specifically January 2 this year yeah we got finally finally the approval but there is something in between we have mm -hmm. uh, a request of evidence okay. and also an interview so tell me a little bit about so it looks like you submitted in february you also got called for the biometrics that means all of you went for the biometrics right yeah okay well then well for okay. this for this day they use the previous ones from the oh, okay good they use, good. They use that Okay, so you didn't have to go for a separate appointment for biometrics, but then you got an RFP even after I-140 approval. So that's not really the norm. Usually people get a RFP for I-140, but what was this RFP for? What were they asking for? That is something that I, it is important to know. Sometimes also immigration make mistakes. <laughs> and and they, they, this is one case because we have that uh request for evidence in May and I recall that I call every single day to immigration after 15 days to try to get that error fee because mm. because it didn't exist and what? yeah it didn't exist that I mean apparently because in the interview I asked to the to the person right apparently they they resend my file to another office, another office in another state. Okay. And that that what happened. I don't know the system created RFE, but it wasn't real. So for us, what was like a, a something, something like a with stress, you know, because you don't know. Of course, the, everything the, about immigration have, is stressful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a timeline, you have a timeline yeah. submitted, and every single day you are calling, they oh don't even know, they, have, they said you have to wait, and yeah. you wait, oh my god, what are we going to do? But suddenly, they approve our work permit, for example. Okay, in, so you in have that, that, Yeah, yeah. In that time frame, they approve the work permit, and I said, Hmm. That cannot be possible that they are asking for something and they approve thing, your yeah. work permit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they approve the work permit with a bank parole, so I can travel. Yeah. But they are, they are submitting this. This is something that is not, that is not, I don't know, it's, it's very suspicious. So exactly. we, 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 we pray a lot. And also mm -hmm. we ask you, you say, well, looks like it's a mistake. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Another thing that kind of stood out for me was the interview, right? Because now a lot of people aren't being called for interviews. And so they all of a sudden called you for an interview. Were you like skeptical about that? It's like, how did you feel about being called for an interview? And how did that well, interview? Well, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, for us, it was like, uh, okay, this is the, the final fight. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. We are gonna go to the boss right now to, to, yeah. to, to, to be face to face. So basically, yeah. we try to be prepared. We, yeah. all, we as always in every single day, we call you for a consultation. Right. You, you may, you gave us uh, good advice for the interview. We try to be prepared, like a, yeah. as a family. We yeah. review our case, and also okay. I prepare. I prepare with a. A letter for, from the HR from yeah. the company that I'm working right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I prepare another extra uh, letter from my supervisor. He he have parents. He have a master degree. So he's a person who with more than 20 years of experience in the in the area. Okay. So uh, I prepare with that. I prepare with a new certification that I have. And all my personal information, and we went to the fight. So, okay, okay. So, now when you got to the fight, did they interview all of you together, or was it like separate? And what questions did they ask you? They separate us, oh, we wow. were in different rooms, different yeah. rooms in different hours as well. Oh, wow. Um, my wife interview, she said, was so quick and mm-hmm. easy one. She got only basically uh, to the form, okay. and they said like uh, she has to wait. What's gonna be the decision about my case? Basically, okay. Okay. the same was from for my daughter. She well, my daughter she didn't receive like an interview form. Okay. She, she she only has to be with us basically. Mm-hmm. And in interview, hmm? how old is your daughter? Uh, uh, six years. Six years. Okay, cool. Yeah, my interview was I can say was a a good interview. Well, I mean, was very like a friendly interview. You were with a person who who knows uh, about your situation a little bit. A person who was like a with empathy about your profile. The the officer was. Um, considering my profile, and when he, when she asked, because was a, a, a lady, she asked about um, my my letter of, of uh, human resources. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, you are you still working in the in the company that you are uh, right now in the same company?" And I said, "Yes, yes, yeah, oh wait, that is something good." Mm-hmm. So. If you are doing something, try to be in the same company. Don't don't make big moves because it's gonna help you to the, to the process. Okay. Was the, the the basically the main question? But also, I try to put more more evidence if she needs. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't need that information. I have your file, and okay. is and I'm gonna try to to do it. I don't. I cannot give you a time frame, basically, okay. but. Next week is gonna be Christmas. I'm gonna do 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 my best, and I was mm-hmm. like, a, probably she's saying she's gonna receive an approval. This oh morning. yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so your your yeah. approval was not on the spot, right? But the, from what she was saying, it sounded like she was gonna approve it. Yeah, because uh, she got my file there. She was with 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 my file there. And was very organized and file, so it was something that is easy to digest when you put all the information where where it should be, with yeah. all the evidence, the support, and also I offer more support. And mm. she was only reading my forum, and that's it. And I said, okay, can I ask you what is the reason of the interview? Mm. And she said, well, sometimes the interviews are longer. With mm. heavy question or, or hard question, yeah. But in your case, it's gonna be just uh, light interview. Mm. It's gonna be not that not that hard. Okay. So uh, I felt like 
like something good, you know, something good is happening, something good is yeah. coming. And yeah. In yeah. Two, two weeks after that, I got my approval. Amazing, amazing. Did she ask about the asylum at all? Um, yes, she asked okay. her, because she, got, she was going under the form that you submit for the adjustment of status. One of the questions, the, the question includes if you are, if you are aware of, you are under um, the poor um, yeah. The and I said I was in this case for asylum. I got this, I got that, but I I have the the document that proves that they closed my case because I wanna do the adjustment of status. And yeah. she said yes, yes, that's right, yeah, that's right. I, I just I have to ask because it is the it's the procedure. But okay. you don't have to be scared about that. If, mm. if you are on the on the that you have to show tell the truth anytime. Yeah. Mm. And that is that is the most important thing. Tell the truth, and if you have to do something else, they are gonna let you know. I mean, okay, so that's that's good because I think this answers a lot of questions that um, people who are on asylum and want to apply. Some of the questions that they have, they want to know. Okay, did you have to leave the U.S.? Um, what kind of questions would they ask during the interview? For some reason, and I understand it. A lot of people are scared of interview. A lot of people because you know you, you just want to apply. Nobody asks you any questions. But when you go for the interview, so when you went for the interview, did you feel like it was like attacking, or did you feel like oh it was more friendly environment? Like how did you feel when you walked into the room? Is it like you felt like oh my god, like okay, you know, have you ever applied for a visa? And you've gone to the to the to the to consulate for your visa and done that interview. If you compare it to applying for a visa, a US visa like your B1, B2, how is this interview different? Well, I can compare you with three because the asylum process, I got mm -hmm. an interview for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I can say that was like a talking with a friend. Okay, okay. It, yeah. It was it was like a friend to me. I mean, something, some, some part, I mean, you feel like a, she was with empathy to my case. Right. She was understanding my position. She understand, she understands that I am a lead chemical engineer, that I have, uh, I, I keep working in the same profile. She asked me for the human resources letter on a face up also. I, I forgot to mention the face up. Okay. And and the other question was very friendly, very uh we shared something about the, the weather here in Chicago in Chicago. So it was never attacking me, never, yeah. never like uh, doing yeah. Any oh hard question to me was something just like a talking with, with with a friend. It's like a talking to you basically. Uh and that yeah. was something good, yeah. Okay, so I mean that's good because at the time that this is also how I got my green card, and at the time that I got my green card, we also had interviews, and I remember that the person said, you know, this is a good pathway because these are not people that want to come and like take advantage of the system. These are people that are actually coming to like add value to the U.S. And she actually said that they appreciate that pathway, you know, for EB2 NIW. So I guess anyone who is like scheduled for an interview, has an, an interview coming up, 
you know, one of the things that I get from what you're saying is that you went really prepared. Like I wasn't expecting you to schedule another appointment, you know, because usually sometimes people, they don't want to pay any extra money for like any consultations or anything like that, you know? So when you scheduled that appointment, I was like, oh, okay. And then we talked about, you know, how to prepare for the interview. You had your employment verification. You had your pay stops. You took evidence of everything, literally everything you submitted for the I-140 approval. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that you said, tell the truth. I think that's very important because these guys, I think they're trained to kind of see when people are not being honest. Um, and so I like that you said that, to, you know, to tell the truth. I also like that you talked about um, don't make big moves. Uh, because some people get I-140 and they start calling me and saying, oh, I've gotten this job offer. I want to do another job, things like that. And I know it's so tempting because you have to wait so long before the I-140, before the green card. So what do people do when they get new job offers, right? But you're saying they ask you if you're still in that field. So it's important that you stay in that field um, because um, they, they might ask you about that. Okay, so let's come to the moment when you saw that you had been approved, you're going to get your green card, right? How, what was that day like? When you saw that, what did you do first? <laughs> well, the first thing that I did, the first thing what I did was say thanks to God, and also mm -hmm. I talked I talk with my wife. Yeah. I her, I said, hey, I saw, yeah. I saw in the app, uh, they already uh, submitted the the approval for the green card so yeah. we have we have to do something we have to go to celebrate mm -hmm. but we wait to to have you know the the, the green card already of course, and of I was, course yeah and i was thinking that it's gonna take like a one more or two more or three months to get it mm -hmm. but no just take one week <laughs> and, and we got the green card so oh, wow. that is that is a blessing for us because yeah. right now we can start thinking in a, in a, in a really new future, exactly. a good future for for exactly. the family, for my daughter. Exactly. I, and that's the thing. It's like, I love this job because I get to meet amazing people who are doing amazing things. And then I get to be a part of their success. Like, you know, when you win, I feel like I've won. Like, okay, it's something that I had something to do with this success. And it's, it's such a fulfilling feeling to feel like you're part of someone's success story, you know, and you get to see them. Okay, now you have your green card, you can make plans, you can purchase a house, you know what I mean? You feel like you're part of the community, you can do stuff, you know? And so that's that's just something that I really want to say congratulations again, because it's your hard work that paid off, honestly. Um, I know you say thank you so many times, but I feel like it's your work. You know, I didn't know you 15 years ago when you were putting in all that work, doing all those things and just making your profile so great. But I'm glad that at some point, your wife, I have to give a shout out to your wife because I feel like she found us, but also she was involved in just like making sure that she would call me, she'd text me what's going on and things like that. And I feel like she also did a lot just, you know, to make sure that this actually worked. So congratulations to your family. Um, if you were to advise anybody out there who maybe is in the same situation that you were in, you know, you were at the time, if you were to advise that person about the steps 
to take for EB2. I know you've said some really amazing things. You've said be active in your career, and you've you know you talked about other things. But what would you what would you suggest, or what is what's some of the advice that you would give someone who is waiting so long to get that green card? What what helped you? You know, this is over a year. You know, what, how were you able to keep your sanity while you waited for this thing to come out? Well, the first thing is believe in yourself. Okay. Believe that you are a, a candidate to do that you deserve this for you. Okay. Because you, you, if you are a person who has a lot of experience or you are a person who has to meet the requirements, Okay. And and you did a good things to to help to to different companies or to your company. Mm -hmm. You have to trust in that, and you have to try to to be a person also to uh, to to can get records of emails or improvement mm -hmm. or something. Right. Um, try to all the time be updating updating in your career because in the college they teach you something, but in the reality. You have more updates in um, different technologies. Um, if that is going to help to to inside your profile, and and also you know uh, just try to create networking that is important. Participate exactly. in webinars if you can uh, write small articles in LinkedIn. Um, you can do it. I did it, for example, and that 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 was the reason that that person uh, and reached to me, and they say, "Hey, Rosner, your article was pretty good. I think you should join us to this webinar." And, and I right. did it, and that that resulted in a reference letter for a a great person. Yeah. And if you are doing that, if you are working uh, working in in improve. In your 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 company or or in, in your position, you are trying to perform in the best. You are gonna be successful. I mean, you you have to be patient, mm -hmm. and also if someone if someone tells you that it's not possible, mm. just looking for, for a second opinion. Exactly. Looking for a second opinion because mm. for me, even with my experience, even with my asylum process, I. I did like a few consultation with lawyers. Right. They said to me, "No, you mm. are not a candidate. You are not a candidate. We cannot represent you. Mm. You are your profile is not something that we are looking for." Mm. So, and that was so something disappointing to me. But I decided to believe in myself. I tried to to find the right person, and we find you. And as you said, my wife and my wife find you, and also she was like a, a thing. He uh, participate a lot, organized that file. It was, it was yeah, she did a lot. It was an amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an amazing show. And also, uh, her English is better than mine. That's why I was saying <laughs> to, to her, "Hey, you yeah. have to write this, ask this question to the uh, doctor Ozzy because yeah. you are better than me." But yeah, yeah. You know what? These are amazing things that you've pointed out. And I think if there's anybody out there, um, a lot of times I get people who reach out to me who are like Spanish speaking or, you know, mm -hmm. and they ask me, oh, my English is not too good. 
some of them will actually book consultations. And during the consultation, I find that I understand them perfectly, like you, right? Mm -hmm. I understand you perfectly. Um, but I know that there are people out there who may not be, may not have this level of English, you know, speaking capability like you do. Um, and so I encourage, you know, people out there who have who have expertise in in this to do something similar for the for you know that community because there are a lot of people who reach out to me who I can't help at this time because I don't speak the language, you know. <laughs> so I always tell them, oh, I I I I can't speak the language, you know. So I, I, you know, I want to use this opportunity to, to you know, reach out to people. If anyone is listening and they do something in this field, uh, maybe reach out to me. So if I have those clients, I can, you know, send them to you if you do a good job in helping this area. I think that would be really good. Yeah. But yeah. Congratulations now, again. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And now, just I recall the first consultation that we had. And, and I recall that we waited like uh, uh, showing your my CV like uh, because the language was not uh, good at that moment. My my speaking was not good, and you were all the time very kind with us. You 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 understand that is something that I like about about yeah. your, your service that you are open, you know, to to take this. Sometimes it's hard, but you are working hard to to help people. It's something yes. that we appreciate a lot. Yes, thank you. And so are you planning to stay in this field or are you going to go into fashion modeling or like, is this some, oh, I got my green card now. Um, I know with this <laughs> part, in five years, you can apply for citizenship, right? So what is the plan? Yeah, are you going yeah. to stay a chemical engineer or what is, what's going to happen now? Yeah, well, right now I am working in a, in a good company, to be honest. Okay. I am expert in uh, the, the gasoline production. So... Uh, I I plan to stay in that company, maybe become in a in a superior uh, position, uh, becoming a principal chemical engineer, mm -hmm. and and yeah, for sure the the, the citizenship is uh, is already considering in our in our, in our pathway. Yeah. So we are gonna we are gonna get that in mm -hmm. five years after now. So that is that, that is my plan by now. Just uh, okay. try to growing up, understanding a little bit more about the U.S. Uh, market because exactly. it's not, you know I I, I I came from outside U.S. Mm -hmm. and and also maybe uh, growing growing up a little bit by networking um, and we don't know what can happen in the future. So yeah, but we have so excited where you can train, you know, you talked about that. So hopefully that's in the future yeah, where yeah. you start a company and train people to do ex exceptional work that you're doing. I think that will also be good. That'd be also be good. All right, Rosemary, I want to thank you for taking the time out to come on this podcast because a lot of people don't want to show their faces. A lot of times when people get approved, they just send me a text. Okay, thank you. And that's it. Right. But for you, you kept telling me, you keep saying, I want to do the podcast. I want to do like whatever it is I need to do. Please let me do it. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm sure that a lot of people would have learned about, you know, because everybody's always asking about their asylum process. So this is going to clarify a lot of things for people. And so people can, you know, know that they can indeed come to the U.S., you know, and pursue forms of immigration if they're qualified and eventually get their green cards, you know? So hopefully you guys are able to take a vacation soon to somewhere nice and warm 
finally yeah. you can leave the US, you know, and, and you know, spend time with your family and enjoy, you know, the 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 the, the success that you've gotten with your green card. So congratulations again. Now, if you guys are out there, we offer so many services to help you with your green card application. So we offer editorial services, you know, for people who want us to review their petitions, we can do that. If you want us to help you with the writing, we can also assist with things like that. So you can check out our website, www.myeb2niw.com. Thank you so much, Rosemary. And I uh, hope to hear from you soon as you keep doing good things in the US. Thank you so much.